Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Hey everybody, I'm Reggie Williams, founder and CEO of Ambrosia for Heads. And with me, I have Jake Payne, our editor-in-chief. And together, this is our What's the Headline. We took a week off. We're back, though, for one of the most important verses, I would say, um, especially to our audience. One of the um, one of the strangest ones, I got to say, that I've seen in a long time. Um, strange only in the swings that it took. I don't think that I've seen one that's been more volatile ever. But but what about you? What do you think? Yeah, man. You know, I think that. I think that it'll be, a, uh, as you say, a watershed moment, you know, of dip set, you know, versus the locks, because now I feel like the intensity and in versus period has just changed. And this one, um, yeah, I mean, this one had a whole bunch of different things going on in it. I don't think it was it was quite as tense as that one, but there's a lot of subtext and uh, quite quite clearly a lot to unpack about this one. Oh, so you think it was tense? Well, first of all, let's let everyone know. Uh, For those who don't know, but anybody tuning into this knows which verses just happened. And it was KRS-One versus Big Daddy Kane. Um, There was, there's history there. There's Juice Crew versus Boogie Down Productions. You know, there's there's the Bronx versus Brooklyn, you know. um, And, you know, even though that was Queens to some degree, um, you know, there was competition on a lot of the levels, but why do you say tense? What was tense about it? You know, I think there was a lot of angling towards the end of the battle, which we will 100% get to in its own time about legacy and about statement. And I think that we saw that primarily from KRS One. I think that Big Daddy Kane, um, well, there were moments that I've never seen Kane as affected um, by something as I have tonight. I think that Kane took a an interesting road too on the side of legacy. And when I say tension, I don't mean like, you know, towards KRS versus Kane, although there were a couple of, of interesting moments, but it was just a serious, serious moment. I mean, these guys are playing with technology and social media that's available in, in the 2020s that was not available in 88. And they very clearly had a lot to prove. And, you know, they, they, they put on in a lot of ways, but I thought it was, um, yeah, I mean, we'll talk about it. it had definitely had a different kind of, kind of um, denouement, if that's the word, if my English teachers did right, like a different kind of final than I think many folks predicted and certainly that we've seen in other versus battles. Yeah, and for me, it was much, much closer than I anticipated. And I won't say who I gave it to. You know, we'll get to that. But I will say for a while, it looked like it was going to be just a route, a blowout. And, and, and for me, and I'm not even yeah. going to say for who, but let's just say I never expected it to go the way that it went. You know, um, first, before we get into it, because we're going to go into a round by round, let's talk about themes. So first of all, we had two DJs going at it 
you know, we had two legends in the house, Kid Capri and DJ Scratch. And they opened it up as verses typically go with, you know, medleys and, and really kind of warming up the crowd. But it took on what I felt was like a battle form in and of itself. What, what did you think? Yeah, I mean, full disclosure, before eight o'clock, I was tuned in and out. I wanted to make sure what was happening um, versus you know, all week long, they had said this would start at seven, which seemed as a shocker, just given, you know, what the last year and a half has looked like for versus. Plus the fact that Sunday night, you know, a lot of the same demographic that's going to tune in for this is watching NFL football. Um, But, you know, scratch has been one of the go-to kind of pre-show guys, but just like you have Brooklyn versus the Bronx in the battle, you have Brooklyn versus the Bronx on DJ tip. And one other thing that I'll add is, you know, I had read earlier today that they were going to be, you know, each contestant's respective DJ. It's worth noting, and we'll probably end up talking about it as we go. These are neither one of these guys are the DJs associated with that MC. I would say that, you know, for many people, at least on the music tip, you know, would associate KRS-One with DJ Kenny Parker. I mean, would you agree with that one? You know, especially yeah. in the last 25? I mean, yeah, obviously, initially it was Scott LaRock, but Kenny Parker, I, I think D-Nice could have stepped into it too, you know? Yeah, I don't know the the current terms of D-Nice and Chris's relationship. D-Nice, you know, I, I, I without jumping ahead too far, I tuned into this one via Instagram on the Versus account. And, you know, it's a gift and a curse because everyone is trying to get funny off. Everyone is dropping you know, these big hyperbolic statements, you know, big pontifications. D-Nice was chiming in here and there with some real interesting facts because he's somebody who is top tier DJ today, but was very much part of the BDP posse. Um, and then on, on the Kane side, I, I feel as though that at least for the last 30 years, people associate Kane with, you know, Mr. C has been his, his DJ. Marley, you know, at the beginning, sort of like Scott, but over time, you know, C has... C and Kane even appeared together on Funk Flex's show a few years ago. Like there's a true union there. So it was interesting to see both of these guys go with DJs that they might not be on the road with on a consistent basis. Yeah, that was interesting. Why why do you think Kane didn't have Mr. C? You know, well, I'm going to give you a theory because there were some battle elements between the DJs. um, You know, I'm wondering if Kane thought Scratch was going to represent him better on the battle side than than Mr. C would. Yeah, I wonder about that one. I, you know, Scratch is very much part of Swiss Beats family. I mean, you know, even look at records like Busta's New York shit, and it's produced by DJ Scratch. And Swizz, you know, a lot of people thought it was Swizz early on. Those guys, you know, by virtue of Busta have have always been in tandem. And Scratch has been the warm-up DJ for a lot of battles. Um, so maybe it just made more sense and, and probably to keep that Brooklyn and Bronx theme, although, you know, Mr. C's a Brooklyn guy. I don't know. And I don't know what's transpired between Kane and C, but I think it's interesting that, you know, anytime I go to a show, I pay attention to who the DJ is. And we've heard that a lot over the years, you know, in terms of groups of like Talib Kweli at a certain point, High Tech was no longer his DJ, Ninth Wonder no longer with Little Brother on the road through some of those years. I think there's a lot of chemistry. And again, just to go back to the locks, like they performed with their tour DJ um, technician, the DJ. And as we later learned, that was an X factor in, you know, what I believe was the upset of versus and, and, you know, truly the, the, the best battle I've seen thus far. 
Yeah, you know, so a lot of these have been, you know, kind of hug fests and people being super friendly and big upping and complimentary. Uh, I got to say a couple of things. One, there wasn't a ton of banter, at least between them and the first, I'd say, 10, 12 rounds. It picked up eventually. Uh, you know, but the other thing is that I think that they were really, really, really competing. And I think it was about legacy. You know, we went back and you and I talked a lot last week or last time we, we did the show about the fact that we thought that Kane versus Rakim was the match that people wanted. But you went back and found one of the articles that we wrote um, that was quoting Kane on an interview show saying that he had always wanted to battle KRS because KRS was a battle rapper. So Rakim was not a battle rapper. And if he was going to battle, he wanted to battle a true battle rapper. And I think they came in battle rap mode and it wasn't necessarily about winning the night, but you alluded to it earlier. It was about winning legacy. You know, I think it was about defining who was the illest MC and truly, you know, you know, true to that term MC of the eighties. Um, so uh, I think that there was a lot at stake for them and, and they took it seriously. Yeah. I mean, these are two guys that don't have the trophies they deserve. You know, they didn't live in a time where the Grammys were paying attention to what I consider to be the pulse of culture, you know, on the hip hop tip. So these guys don't have, you know, they may have Grammys by virtue of Quincy Jones on Back on the Block, but they don't have their their own Grammys for their albums. And they don't have, you know, a ton of platinum plaques, although I know both do have plaques. These are careers that are about bragging rights and about impact. And I saw a lot of that in the IG comments, and I feel that this was a moment and this is the opportunity to kind of add a new piece to history that you really can't add unless you have two guys in, in, in top fighting shape, dropping albums in the same year, the way we talk about Drake, Kendrick, you know, and Cole. Um, so this was so important that way. And I feel that, you know, to your point, that intensity um, and that drive for both men came through at, at different points. Yeah. And, you know, we talked a lot last time about how each one needed to approach this, uh, approach it uh, in order to win. I think, I think both of them did what we predicted, but I'll say one crucial thing that I think Kane did differently from KRS, which really benefited him. So KRS, I think treated this like a concert. You know, he had a, a lot of times where he would let the crowd fill in, you know, Rock Rakim does that. And when you're at the show, uh, although, you know, I prefer to hear the MC myself, but a lot of times it's cool to hear the, the crowd chime in and it's participatory, right? It's truly hip hop. It's call and response. Whereas, um, but that doesn't translate as well on TV, you know, because you're just hearing the audio drop. You don't hear the crowd as much. And it's just like a lot of blanks. Whereas Kane, I think, treated it like a show, like performing on an award show or on TV. And I think that strengthened his performances, at least, you know, to people on the screen. But what was your take on that? I think that's mad insightful. I think that's really true. The crowd was interesting on this one because we get, it was a very different, you know, this one was in the Barclays Center. Um, on one hand, this battle has to be done in New York. It's, you know, ideally, you know, you probably want it in Manhattan somewhere, but Barclays works for a litany of reasons, I'm sure. I was really disappointed with the crowd. On one hand, it's dope to have, you know, Fat Joe and Swizz Beats and Busta Rhymes and Jada Kiss and Ninth. on and on and on. Yeah. Ninth Wonder, yeah, yeah, you know, in the crowd. But on another, the crowd was, and, and anyone that's ever been to a New York hip hop show, 
or has been to a few of them. There's with, with rare exception, oftentimes it's a hard market. Um, you know, I'm in Philly right now. Philly can be a hard market too. And I feel like both of these guys deserved people really giving them the energy from the crowd. And this was a time in versus that I don't think that happened. I think you get that sometimes with the R&B or the dance hall versus, but this time I, you know, even the people on stage were sitting on speakers and, and just like acting cool or taking photos. And then you go to the crowd and, you know, honestly, like I wish everyone else in the crowd was as animated as fat Joe was because that's the, the respect and the energy that these legends deserve. And there were a few times where, you know, these guys would bring out a cut, you know, they'd be, you know, KRS one with his energy and King with his precision and you'd see somebody in the crowd just not getting it. And for me at home, sitting in my living room, it throws me off. I don't know about you. Yeah, you talk about energy and precision. So, And you, you talked also about them coming in fighting shape. This, to me, was almost like a boxing match. But it was like Floyd Mayweather versus Mike Tyson, you know, in terms of contrast of styles. You got Kane as, as the, the precise boxer, like scoring points. You know, not going for knockouts, but just scoring points, jabs, jabs, you know, hooks. And you got KRS, the heavyweight, you know, coming in with, with like knockout blows or, or attempted knockout blows. And there were some wild swings that missed. But when he connected, he connected. And, you know, I, I say just the last thing on that analogy is that between the two of them, Kane came in in better shape, like actual physical shape. First thing I noticed about him is he looked trim. You know, uh, he looked like he had lost some weight even in the last couple of years and like he had been actually working out in cardio shape. And I think it really helped with his breath control and allowed him to um, see some moments that, that, that he might not have been able to otherwise. Whereas KRS, I think, was, uh, you know, a bit short on breath at times. I think that impacted him too. And it might have been why he leaned on the crowd for some of his lines. Yeah, I mean, I really like that concert show analogy with that. And there were a few times where I'm like, Chris, don't do that. And I've seen Chris, you know, I've seen both of these artists numerous times live, you know, in the last 20 years. And in many ways, this was an extension of both, both artists' live show. But I feel that Kane definitely had that TV element. I do want to give Chris props, though. I, I feel like he caught a second wind in after round 10. And we'll get to there that he was even better at that point than he was in the first 10 rounds, which I think is really interesting. And, you know, as, as I mentioned in our last episode, you know, Chris has been unseasonably out of what I would consider even for, you know, OGs and legends out of that spotlight. He's kind of just been on some DIY, like putting albums out, inevitably doing shows, but he hasn't been in the face. And I, I think Chris looked like he was in better shape than the last time I saw him three or four years ago. Um, and, you know, again, I, I completely agree with you, but I think that's worth noting. Yeah, I'm, you know, I won't say that Chris was out of shape per se, but I, I will say that Kane seemed like he was in tip-top shape. So Yeah, yeah. All right, uh, so you want to get into it, score round by round? Let's do it, man. Yeah, so round by round. And this blew me away. Like, I, you know, you got to begin on a high note, but... I did not in a million years expect KRS-One to come out with the title track to Criminal Minded. Um, you know, it was it was Chris rapping, rapping, as you would say. Did, did you expect for him to come out with one of those records? You know, maybe not top five. Yeah. I mean, did you expect him to come out with like a top five record like that? 
I expected him to come with a song from Criminal Minded for sure. Um, you know, I believe the first single was Poetry, if I remember correctly from that album. Um, it wouldn't have surprised me if he came from that. But, you know, if you're going to start with Criminal Minded, why not start with the actual song? And I thought it was incredible. And, and I, I'll just say off the top that my scoring in this, a lot of times uh, in previous verses, I've really gone with the record because in most occasions until kind of locks dipset they weren't true performances it was really just people playing the records and kind of like dancing or like moving around and so you're really judging the record versus the record and this one it was truly about the performance for me um yeah. and so chris starts off with criminal minded and biz comes out with, with uh sorry kane comes out with just rhyming with biz with the shout out to biz Marquis in the year you know that he passed and for me, if it was just record for record, it would have been criminal minded for me because that, that that that's still one of my all time joints. Um, but, you know, Kane, just his performance was like was like exceptional. And so I gave that one to Kane. You know, Big Daddy Kane is the epitome of class. And there are several points tonight during Versus where I thought that showed him that showed itself. And it wasn't Kane pandering for that moment of like, yo, let me. Let me do this thing and conjure some connectivity. It was Kane saying, um, and, and all of it had to do with Juice Crew, you know, bandmates, but him saying, I have this platform, let's use it to make history right. And for him to begin with that with Biz, I thought was incredible. That being said, you know, I gave it to Chris on this. And I thought that Chris, and you make a great point, um, you know, about the, that it had to begin with Criminal Minded you know, something from the album, but that song immediately, you know, it, it invokes crowd participation, the way the, the record builds at the top. And Chris just came out with that flair and that energy. And um, again, like for Kane to come with a deeper record, but use that moment just to kind of say what needs to be said about 2021 and hip hop, you know, beautiful moment. I wrote, I go, Chris, you go Kane, right? Actually, you know what? I'm looking at the score. Uh, I agree with everything you said, and I and I stand by what I said about the performance. But Criminal Record was to me such uh, such a great record, yeah. and Kane and this Chris I, I think performed it well. So, so I did give that one. I give I gave that one to Chris. So we, yeah, we and just were, for we, everyone we, following yeah. it at home, it, we share a scorecard that we look at, and and many times for anybody that listens to these podcasts, we disagree. But but yeah, you you, yeah. you see the note. You, so you, yeah, so yeah, we both had we both had Karras on that one. One zero. You want to you want to set up round two? Yeah, so round two. Um, I mean, damn, like round two. This was when I was like, uh oh, it's gonna like if he's coming with these now, it's just crazy. But Karras drops. I'm still number one from Boogie Down Productions, you know, by all means necessary. Um, I thought that was was cool, but this is where he started doing the, you know, letting the crowd fill in for his lines. I thought a bit too much. He did it on ev almost every single line. And, you know, I want to hear KRS one rhyme. I don't want to hear the audience rhyme. I want to hear Chris rhyme. And then um, Kane pulled out a surprise for me. I'd completely forgotten about Enough Respect from the Juice soundtrack. Um, but he killed it and he, he just absolutely smoked it. Uh, just such a great song and performance. So that one, you know, I gave that one to Kane. And so it was one, one for me there. 
Yeah, I mean, I do agree with you. I, I thought, you know, first of all, you know, I'm still number one might be my favorite KRS-One song. I just, I love that energy. I love that that signification of the changing of the guard in hip hop. I, I love the shout outs in the song. I mean, it's just my joint. That today, at, at this point in my life, that is the BDP song I listen to most, I would say on every year for the last at least five, probably 10 years. I thought KRS's performance of it wasn't as tight as it could be. And meanwhile, you have Kane doing a record that if you were to ask me to write down 25 Kane records that we might see tonight, that wouldn't make the list. And he came out and he sold me the record. He, he made it dope. And his delivery was tight, sharp, precise. It was confident. Like he knew that he was reaching in his bag and coming out with something that was different and really relying on being an MC. Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean, for me, that tied it up and, you know, I, I keep thinking, I, I listened to our, our, our previous podcast tonight and going into this, you had predicted KRS. I had predicted Kane. Your, your thing was, does Kane have enough records? And when I see a moment like this and the way that he did that, um, already at round two, I'm like, buckle up. Cause it's going to be a fun night. Yeah. And this is where his shape comes in, his being in shape comes into play. Right. Cause he, a lot of Kane's lyrics are super fast. And so you got to have really great stamina in order to get through the verses like that, uh, you know, without letting the crowd fill in or having a hype man. And, you know, most MCs have a hype man precisely for that mm-hmm. because they need to take a breath. But Kane wrapped the hell out of that song. He, he smoked it. So, yeah. OK, cool. So we're, we're one one. Round three was interesting, you know, and, and what I find is. I got the impression that these guys had coordinated with their DJs to have some vague idea of a set list. And then there was a points where there was deviations very clearly based on things that they had said, <clears throat> perhaps based on surprising each other. Um, Chris begins this one with MCs act like they don't know from his 95 uh, sophomore self-titled solo album. It's a mouthful. And Kane uh, delivered Young, Gifted, and Black, which, you know, I mentioned in the previous podcast. To me, if Kane has five records, that's one he has to do. I don't know that these records make a lot of sense in the same round for each other. Maybe in just that they're commanding deliveries. Um, You know, I I don't know. But I thought that um, KRS for being the more energetic of the two in some ways, you know, louder and more boisterous, he got everything right in this round. So for me, I immediately was like, Chris, 2-1. How did you score this one? So when I first heard Miss MC Zach like they don't know, I, I'm, I automatically gave it to Chris, right? <laughs> but then I heard Young, Gifted, and Black, and I remember what you and I talked about last last episode and – now, that's the first song I ever learned all the words to intentionally, like just going back and memorizing. And Kane, or Kane performed it better. You know, um, again, um, Chris, you know, was relying on the crowd. And I thought that the, the Kane's performance took it. And so I, I scored it for Big Daddy and I had a 2-1 at that point. Next so round. Round four. Yeah, next round. So Karras goes with the MC. I got next and then out of here from return of the boom bat double play. And this is something that's interesting. So even though they only did 19 rounds, not 20, um, there were a lot of times when KRS would do two, three songs to Kane's one Kane pulled out another song that I completely forgotten about rap summary, lean on me. Um, 
And, you know, that one he performed well, too. Uh, you know, I gave it to Kane again just on performance. You know, Chris just in the beginning part was not super. He was doing a couple things. One, it was relying on the crowd. And two, a lot of times when you see him live, he can get into his chatting thing, you know, um, where the cadence is. And he's not very clearly enunciating his words. So it became very difficult to kind of understand it all sounded like kind of like muffled. And so Kane being super precise with his lyricism and, uh, you know, his energy, I, I gave that one to Kane. You know, I totally see where you're coming from. This one I gave to Chris. I thought that the medley approach worked well here. Um, Chris played to the crowd. And again, I mean, I'm disappointed in the crowd. I can only imagine. And I don't think it's a question you'll see if these guys, you know, do uh, a post press run. But, you know, if you want to keep the crowd hype and engaged, you you might do two songs in one. And again, that speaks to Chris's catalog. I gave this round to Chris. Um, so you know, just, just on, on for the record, then at this point, you have a three one Chris and I have a three one Kane. We're, we're diametrically mm-hmm. opposed. Which, again, just just for those playing at home, completely puts us in the opposite position we were in um, on our forecast of, yeah. of who you said, you know, already, you know. And, and at this point, I have to say, too, we share a scorecard. But at this point, um, we were actually were writing them different places. So this was like blind. You know, we just uh, we, we kind of combined them later on, which is kind of funny. Yeah. Yeah. So for round five, you know, Chris goes back to this is the first song he does from Ghetto Music, the blueprint of hip hop from BDP. He does Jack of Spades. And Kane goes into one of his hits with Set It Off from Long Live the Kane. And um, I think we agreed on this one. Both times, you know, Chris was, was sharp. And, and, and Jack of Spades, great record within the context of the album. Would you, you're, the, you're probably the more, certainly the more knowledgeable, you lived through it. Is that a record that you would put in the 20 to do for a versus? Interesting. No, it's not. But I really believe Karis had 30, 40 he could have put in the verses that were all respectable, you know, and so it didn't surprise me. And it was cool because it's not a record I've heard in a long time. And it it reminded me of how dope it was. And if it was just based on the record, um, you know, actually, nah. in in, in any situation, set it off with a one for me, uh, you know, record versus record, because I thought that's one of Kane's strongest. Um, Jack of Spades is not one of Chris's strong. It's not a weak one, but it's not like top 20 for me. Um, but I gave that one to Kane too. Just his performance was, was bar none. And so now I'm at four, one and you're at three, two. And I'm starting to think now, uh Oh, is Kane going to run away with this? What's going on? Like it, it, it was getting weird to me. It's it, now I was thinking to myself, what if this ends up being a complete blowout for Kane? How am I going to face the wrath of like our listeners? The wrath as of I pain. Sit here? <laughs> <laughs> the wrath of pain and 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 our listeners when I run down my scorecard and I and I've got you know Kane so far ahead of of, of um, Chris who I predicted to win this. But you made a point, you know, throughout. We'll talk about it. Where you know, I mean, this is this is round five. Yeah. So you know, Kane has all this ammunition for what happens in the later rounds. It's like you know, you can. You can do, you know, uh, you you can run, you know, a five k, but can you run a marathon? Right. I don't know, but but we'll 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 talk about it. So, 
Um, so round six is uh, my philosophy. One of my favorite BDP songs ever. Uh, I think it was the initial single from By All Means Necessary. Uh, incredible, incredible song. One of Chris's, you know, finest lyrically, I think. Um, and, and that took on Mortal Kombat uh, by Big Daddy from It's a Big Daddy Thing. Now, record for record, for me, my philosophy smashes Mortal Kombat. Uh, you know, Mortal, Mortal Kombat's a cool song and everything. It was never one of my favorite Kane songs, actually. But again, the performance sold it, to use your term. Like, Kane was a showman tonight. He was really at his best in doing a concert. Had the fedora on, like was super smooth. Had the, the red tracksuit. Um, you know, he was he was really doing it. And um, yeah, again, KRS let the crowd fill in too much, so I gave that one to Big Daddy, and I had a five-one at this point. Yeah, I mean, for the same reasons you said, I um, I also agreed, and, and for me that meant that meant it was a tie. So here here we go, and I'm like, okay, Kane's catching up, and and. 100% agree with what you said record for record. I like Mortal Kombat. I don't love it. My philosophy, I mean, that's an that's a giant record, you know. That might have actually been it was either poetry or my philosophy was the first time I heard KRS-One, which again, you know, and I, I got some flack for this last week, you know, I'm 37, so I, you know, in 95 96 was doing my research on these guys but i didn't live when the records arrived but okay so getting into round seven uh chris begins with super ho into jimmy from by all means necessary um king this is where you know it's kind of a cliche in 21 things can maybe get a little bit chippy you know because chris or king comes on he goes next and he says, you know, you talk about a record that, that kind of sets the table. I'm going to talk a record that gets the job done. And then he goes into, I get the job done from Big Daddy Kane. He actually goes into the crowd. Um, and for me, we disagreed on this one. For me, I thought that KRS really um, did a, you know, a, a great job performing the record. I don't think I get the job done. Even standing as tall as Kane performed it could compete with a record that most people, most hip hop heads know, you know, um, between Super Ho and Jimmy. And I thought Kara shined in that moment. I gave it to, to Chris four three. It was a narrow margin, but you, you want to explain? I mean, Jimmy like kicked off a whole like vernacular for people, you know, like Jimmy had like was, how people referred to condoms like for, you know, 10 years in hip hop. Uh, and and it, it was shortened to hat. You got a hat, which people still use today. Um, so Jimmy, like the impact is like undeniable. I get the job done is Kane with Teddy Riley, you know? And so, um, you know, I think it was a big record too, and a club record. Um, and, you know, again, you, you put the records against one another and I'm probably, I'm definitely giving it to Jimmy for sure. But Kane, man, like like you said, got into the audience and like, you know, he's he's really actually sacrificing himself, like doing things to truly like get the job done and win this versus. Um, so and, and the banter and the joking and stuff like that, this is to me almost made it seem like they had coordinated a little bit because yeah. your point about um, Young, Gifted and Black 
And um, MC's like, act, act like they don't know is, is I, I agree with that wholeheartedly. There's two records that were completely different stylistically and, and, and thematically. And that I, I was surprised that they went against one another. But these two, the way that they tied them together made it seem like kind of they're in lockstep. But yeah, man, again, uh, Kane, the way he performed it, had it for me. So now I'm at 6-1. And like I said, I'm starting to sweat because how in the world am I going to sit here? I'm not going to have to read the comments. Like, it's not going to be pretty. You know what I mean? Well, and it's funny. We learned later in the night, these guys are going on tour together with all of the guests, some of which we'll, we will inevitably talk about in a few minutes. But it's one of those moments, and we've seen this before, where Versus creates an opportunity. Um, you know, I think go- going on right now is Locks, Dipset, and State Property, which may or may not have happened, but Versus definitely gave it a push. And there definitely seemed like there were, this was choreographed. And to your point, too, you know, between the JBs with Jimbrowski and, and, and BDP with Jimmy, my, uh, my father's name is Jim. And in high school, all of my friends refer to my dad still to this day as Jim Browski, <laughs> which, which kills me. Um, <laughs> That's hilarious. Hip hop vernacular. Yeah. Shout out. He doesn't, he doesn't know that. And, and, you know, yeah, probably wouldn't appreciate it. That's hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, so number eight um, is uh, Kara starts with part-time suckers by all means necessary. And then he goes uh, acapella. And that to me is when he's starting to like heat up because going a cappella, you can hear his lyrics clearly. Um, you know, it's it, it's the energy is right, and you start to like get that glimpse of Chris, the MC, the guy who just like you know can set the party off with, with freestyles, even though this was like you know the verse from the record. Then Big Daddy comes with pimping ain't easy. Uh, again, he's talking greasy. And the performance I thought was top shelf. And so again, man, I give it to, I give it to Kane. The other thing that's really interesting is that he brings out nice and smooth, which is dope. Probably not a fair fight because it's the three of them against one. And it's the first time we've seen a guest. First time we've seen a guest. And so you're like, okay. And he's also doing whole songs. You know, Chris is sticking kind of to the one verse chorus format that verses has been known for. But Care, but Kane is doing full songs. And so, you know, you bring out nice and smooth. They then, you know, um, went into Dwick, which was great. Um, I, you know, it's, it's very hard to compete with that with, with just a solo one record. So I gave that one to Kane. Yeah, this one was close for me. And, you know, I'm not necessarily in- including any of the, the, the solo gangstar joint that Nice and Smooth did. But it was. And, and Nice and Smooth edged it out. I think Greg Nice was the tipping point. I mean, he has an ability. He matches Kane's energy very well. And what's cool is, you know, Greg Nice, in theory, I would have expected to appear on behalf of KRS. There's a few guests that could have gone either way. But, you know, Greg told me one time, you know, he was there when um, I believe South Bronx was recorded. They definitely used the same studio. You know, he's a BX guy. So for them to come out during that, I just thought it was it was really interesting. It was exciting. Pimpin' Ain't Easy is not one of my favorite Kane records, but I'll keep using it in, in this case. They sold me the joint, and I gave it to Kane, too. So Yeah, so um, now we're, I'm at 7-1, you're at 4-4, and I'm getting nervous that it's going to be a complete blow-up because Kane has now won, in my opinion, with records like Pimpin' Ain't Easy, I Get the Job Done, and Mortal Kombat. Not my favorite records of Kane, 
and against some some pretty serious bangers of KRS. And I know what Big Daddy's got left in the treasure trove. I know KRS has got heaters too, but I'm starting to think, uh-oh, this could be a runaway at this point. Yep, and it gets really interesting too because here we go to round nine, and KRS does a joint that we knew we would hear, Black Cop, from you know his solo debut, Return of the Boom Bap, and then goes into Take It Easy with Mad Lion. And well, I thought Mad Lion brought his A game and it was great to see Mad Lion, you know, he looked like he was in fighting shape and, um, you know, uh, he's one of those artists that I've always wanted to interview and I've been asking around because he's not a very in the spotlight guy. I thought Chris was a bit sloppy here. I think he leaned heavy on, you know, the, the, the choruses of both songs and it wasn't a crisp delivery. It was a little bit mushy. And meanwhile, you have Kane come with Raw, which is going to be, I mean, if Kane has three records that are going to be, you know, aces to put down, that's going to be one of them. And, you know, he used it. He went against good competition because Black Cop is a, is a favorite among many fans. I don't know that people would have guaranteed to, to hear Take It Easy, but Kane played his card and he played it really well. And at, for me, Kane now moves ahead 5-4 which marks a tipping point. And I think we kind of agreed on this one. Yeah, this is where I started to wonder um, about Kane's strategy. You know, I thought that Raw was way too early. I, I probably would have put this at like 18 or 19 um, with the symphony closing it out because, you know, this is Kane's, um, you know, I think his, it was his introduction to most people was this song. And uh, it was incredible. And he, he performed the hell out of it, too. Um, but I thought he might be going a bit too early. But at this point, he's up 8-1. So the lead is so big. I'm thinking maybe he's cool. So you had you had it 5-4 Kane. I had it 8-1 Kane, which it just sounds absurd. But, um, you know, again, based on performance, I thought he was just outperforming KRS for the entire first half. And here we go. And I'm thinking, man, we're watching, you know, I, I see where you're coming from because you put notes. I mean, we're both seeing each other and I understand the justification, but you know, we've usually been pretty close on versus. We always haven't had the same winner, but this is starting to look like you and I are watching possibly, you know, two different competitions. Right. <laughs> it's just like, we're listening to the same album, which happens all the time where <laughs> yeah. I like one half and you like the other half, but we both exactly. like the album. So yeah. yeah. That's what uh, makes it ambrosia. Yeah, man. Exactly. So exactly. round 10. Round 10. This is where it got really, really interesting. Cause, uh, and I, I do think that they both collaborated on this because, um, because I recognize that um, I think, I think that Karras and even Kane recognize that Kane doesn't have the same catalog that he does. And so they, they pre-agreed to do new verses, freestyles, and things like that, which I thought was dope. Um, and so Karras does a new verse. He references Facebook and Twitter, um, you know, uh, or actually, uh, was it Kane? Uh, this Kane was a rare deviation where yeah, Kane went first. Kane, Kane went first. So Kane, Kane did, did the new verse with Facebook and Twitter in it. Um, it was a dope production. I've heard it before. It was uh, someone did a freestyle to it. Um, oh, oh no, it was Keep It Thorough. It was Keep It Thorough. My yep. Boots, Keep It Thorough. And it was great. Like, it sounded really good. But then KRS came. He also did a new freestyle. He did, a acapella. He did, he did a new song, then he did a freestyle just off the top, which was super dope. 
And this is where KRS shines. This is where he shows that he's, you know, an elite MC. Very few people can do what he does. And for me, it's when he started to steady himself and get back in the fight. So I gave that one to to KRS, and I had an eight two at that point. Yeah, and I don't want to correct you. I don't think this is where he did keep it thorough. It was a break beat. It was a funk beat. It was one of those joints where you know pre uh, track lib. I don't know if you could clear. But it felt like a new verse to me. And there's folks out there that, you know, inevitably with any artist that we talk about, if, if anything that we're representing is new, you know, if you've heard it or it's a feature verse or a guest verse, to me, this felt like Kane. And I'm also sitting there, if it's not familiar to me, and I, I think we're both kind of music encyclopedias, I'm Shazamming it, I'm Googling it. Um, but this felt new to me. And I was like, on one hand, this is dope because, you know, Kane... I think the criticism going into this battle is, you know, what does Kane have after, you know, the one thing that I saw people predict he later did, which was a big L feature from year 2000 or 99. But what does Kane have after that point? And this was very much a verse after that. And I thought the production was dope and he really like, he was familiar with it and sold it. I went with Kane. Chris was, was new stuff. It felt like a freestyle. He dropped it acapella it was those moments that you get, those goosebump moments at a KRS-One show. I could have gone either way on this. I went Kane, which put him at 6-4 for me. Yeah, you're right. You're right. It was, Kane went with uh, Keep It Thorough the next round, which is why I ended up giving it to him. But yeah, KRS, on this one, I gave it to him. So, okay, we, we're uh, we're getting closer just marginally. You know, I'm yeah. at 8-2. You're at 6-4. Um, but, you know, seeing it still very differently. It's like people would have thought that one of us was on the take uh, if this was a Vegas fight. <laughs> we'll let the audience yeah. chime in at this point. Like, okay, like, uh, let us know who, who who at this point thinks that Jake is on the take and who thinks that I'm on the take uh, after round 10. I've got an yeah. 8-2. Jake has got a 6-4. Give it to yeah. us. Let, let's all, the, it. Uh, all the YouTube commenters. I, I didn't look at all of Facebook that that thought that I, I slighted KRS in any way. Uh, yeah, they, they shook me to the point where I had to, uh, I was, and, I was swayed. And here I am. I'm about to catch that. I'm going to catch yeah. that smoke myself now. Okay. <laughs> uh, round 11. Um, so as you mentioned, you know, well, chronologically speaking, Chris does, he brings his guests out. He brings Daz effects out and he does represent the real hip hop. Um, and then, you know, before they get to Kane, Daz does, you know, they want FX, um, which I don't believe even when we saw the Def Squad, Hit Squad guys during the Redman Method Man battle, we got EPMD and K-Solo, um, Keith Murray, we didn't, we didn't get Daz effects. So this was, this was their beginning. And I was really happy just as a fan. Um, you know, it was great to see these guys. I think it was uh, Crazy Drez said, you know, Daz effects versus coming. I don't, I mean, you know, that would be great. I don't know if that'll happen. It gets a little bit weird, to be honest. Um, you know, there was some exchange with uh, DJ Scratch with Daz Effects as they were walking off stage. They were trying to kick some rhymes in addition to, obviously, DJ Scratch, you know, before he was ever with Flip Mode. You know, a lot of people know him from his association with EPMD. So that's love. But it was just, it was kind of one of those uh, just just moments where you got a little glimpse of, kind of behind the scenes for this one you know king comes out he raps to keep it thorough um and then into smooth operator i gave it to kane on this one um i and, and for me that was seven four i thought that both were not in their a game both were a little sloppy both had some 
you know, distractions going on, and you also went Kane. So I'm 7-4, you're 9-2. Yeah, I thought Kane's freestyle here was dope again. Uh, it was really in the pocket. We we did a we did a we covered someone who did a freestyle um, to this. I can't remember who it was. I thought it was Kane. There was a remember we did a, a story on Kane. He did this. He dropped this freestyle. I think he was in Philadelphia. It was like 2014 or something like that. I was thinking it may have been to this, but I think it was a new freestyle. And then he went into Smooth Operator. Just tremendous record. And, yeah, the, the DOS effects moment was dope but fell a little bit flat for me. So I, I did give it to Kane. So I got it 9-2 now. You got it 7-4, Kane. And, and there's something I want to mention here, and it falls in the DJ thing. And I'm not trying to make a mountain out of a molehill. But, again, I've never seen Kane with scratch behind him. Both legends, both masters of what they do. Cole Hurt crowned, christened DJ Scratch a grandmaster, you know, which was a story we did years ago on Ambrosia for Heads. Kane asks Scratch to slow the record down, drop the pitch on it. That doesn't happen. And I noticed a little bit of tension build right away. And, and it, it comes out later on. And I mean, Kane is the epitome of cool to me. You never see him, um, you know, kind of deviate from that. But there's an interesting kind of thing going with him and DJ Scratch, which just might be two athletes um, at the top of their game you know, Tom Brady screaming at a wide receiver, Michael Jordan, you know, cursing out BJ Armstrong, you know, not, but you know what I mean? Like this was a moment which was kind of strange because if you listen again, Kane takes a minute to adjust to where the record's at, but that's again, just an MC and a DJ, maybe not knowing each other like that. Mm, mm, yeah. Okay. So round 12, this is another moment where uh, as soon as I heard the record, I thought, okay, it's over. You know, uh, KRS drops Step Into a World from I Got Next, which is just such a timeless record. It still sounds amazing. And um, uh, at, at this point, this is one of the most amazing moments of the entire night for me. Uh, it's, at this point, he brings out, um, you know, Pop Master Fable from Rocksteady Crew. And, uh, you know, you got, you know, the B-Boys are in the house. The Breakers are in the house. And this is truly becoming a hip hop moment at this point. Um, you know, he freestyles again. And now we're, we're in just we're like, just again, pure hip hop mode. Kane keeps the energy and he brings out crazy legs and a, a guy named Cha-Cha who I was not familiar with, but was absolutely incredible. Looked like he should be in the Olympics in 2024 when, when breaking is officially launched in the summer Olympics. Um, but then Kane does Wrath of Kane. And, uh, you know, that's just, in most cases, an, an undefeatable record. But, but again, step into a world, tremendous, you know, Karis with the breakers, you know, I'm doing it first. I gave that one to Chris. And so now it's 9-3 for me, Kane, Kane to Chris. This was one of my favorite moments for Chris. And, and you know, step into a world was a massive record for KRS-One. You know, in, in the last episode, I, I kind of referred to it as a comeback, which really isn't fair because it's it's two years removed from MC's act like they don't know in the self-titled album. I mean, Chris never lost a step, but by 97, I feel like the hip hop map has opened up. You know, Southern rappers are getting a lot more recognition between 95 and 97. You've got, you know, Tupac joining Death Row. KRS-One puts out a record that reminds heads uh, or reminds you know, everyone but the heads who already know of hip hop's roots. And I love this performance because he come he comes out with, with 
you know, Pop Master Fable. And I love that style of dance. I love, I love watching an OG perform at that level, both as a, as a breaker and as an MC. And to me, if there's one moment you're going to watch from the KRS-One side, this might be it. Um, Ratha Kane was crazy. It was awesome to see Crazy Legs. Cha-Cha was dope. I've seen Kane over the years travel with Breaking Crews um, and, and even invite people like locally that, that, you know, love the art and perform as part of his set. I love that both of these guys incorporate that element into their shows. I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the classics on this one, you know, classics in terms of what that moment meant in fighting for what hip hop stood for. I thought that translated to the versus stage. I went with Chris on this one. So I'm at seven, five, you're at nine, three. Yeah, and for, for me, this was the climax of the whole night. You know, this for me was one of the best moments in Versus history, period. Mm. This was true, like, hip-hop, like, really going to all the elements. Someone mentioned, I think it was around this point, yo, you have had the emceeing and the, and the, the breaking. You got to give it up to the the, the cornerstone, what, what launches the DJ. And it wouldn't have surprised me if they've had some artists come out and do some graph, too. Because yeah. this, this to me made it like, you know, an 80s, you know, real true school, pure hip hop moment. And I thought it was fantastic. Yeah, I did too. So, you know, even though there's this long display, round 13 happens and KRS comes out with a classic criminal minded joint South Bronx. I mean, one of the records, you know, you're going to hear. Um, and then Kane matches it with one of the records, you know, you're going to hear. Ain't no half stepping from long live the Kane. This was interesting, you know, as you talk about Kane's fitness and precision, this is the only place in the night where I thought Kane was winded. And I don't know why, because the moment before, you know, he really let crazy legs and the breakers break, you know, but at, well, for whatever reason, it just came across. And Chris took one of his hit records, a record that he used as a calling card to get his name and DJ Scott LaRock's name out there. And he rode. So it starts to get again, um, seven, six in favor of Kane. Chris gets the round for me, but for you. Yeah. For me, this is where placement matters. Like order matters because you come off this tremendous hip hop moment. B-boys are out doing their thing. There's aggression, but like a healthy aggression in the air and South Bronx, like builds on that energy perfectly because like, you know, this is like, the, uh, the the bridge wars and like really like tapping into that energy that was happening at the time ain't no half stepping is a much softer record and you know i don't say that as a diss i just mean it's just it's soulful and it, it there's just not the same kind of aggression and so it was a bit of a come down and so and and chris is now rhyming i think he is probably um lower energy too but it actually brings him to a good place whereas because i think he was like a little bit too over the top before now you can hear all of his words he's really flowing he's rapping the entire songs or you know most of it and so for me south bronx took it yeah so i, I got i got care i got it kane nine four at this point and i think you got it kane seven six so you and i were closing the gap we are we are so round 14 Round 14, Sound of the Police uh, from Return of the Boom Bap, another classic song, um, you know, and um, that's when Kane drops his, his, you know, song with Big L, Platinum Plus is featured with Big L. This is a rare one where he does just his one verse and it's short, um, you know, 
And that record, although it's it's cool and great that Kane um, rapped with L, I think it's hard. To, it wasn't a classic. It's not a record that people remember and play, you know, and that like, you know, it's timeless. Sound of the Police, you know, when you think about all that's happened in the last few years, it's still very topically relevant. And sonically, it's just a classic. So I gave that one to Chris, and I put that at at nine five. Uh, so now we're 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 getting close on uh, nine five. Um, Kane, but you um, you had some thoughts about this one. Yeah, I mean, you know, on one hand, cats out of the bag. I agree with you. Sound of the Police gets the record. I saw people react to our last episode and mention um, Platinum Plus specifically. And again, I think of Kane's. Kane did these things throughout the night. I mentioned it earlier with Biz. I'm going to mention it again in a second. But he acknowledges different people from his career. And again, like Kane puts a record out in 98 called Veterans Day. It kind of comes and goes unless you're, you know, a diehard fan. Big L had passed away when when um, the big picture came out. It was a gold album, really special moment for a guy who deserved all of those props. And with that, I mean, people obviously associate Big L with Lord Finesse, but Big L used this moment to show his influence from Kane. And I feel that that record was Kane in a way saying thank you. Like somebody out here really recognized his contributions. And it's never been my favorite record. It's not my favorite record on that album. There's people that love it. I ultimately went with Chris, but I think it was deliberate and poignant that Kane went with it. Um, but for me, on my scorecard, all of a sudden, here we are again, 7-7 seven, seven tie. Yeah, and I'll say that this is the moment where I thought, okay, Kane's running out of gas in terms of his catalog. And I know Chris has got a ton of stuff in the chamber. And for me, I thought it might be the beginning of an epic comeback for KRS, where, you know, it was one of those boxing matches where, you know, it's like a Rocky fight where, you know, Apollo Creed is just like giving it to him for like, you know, round after round, but Rocky won't go down. And all of a sudden, like, you know, round 12, Rocky's throwing knockout blows and like, you know, it's anybody's fight. So for me, this was that moment where I thought the tide was turning. So here we go to round 15, the closing quarter. I'm coming into with a tie score. This is where legends are made, you know, and Chris, I mean, they kept this order apart from the one round you mentioned earlier the whole night. And Chris goes to two classics. He does, he goes with the medley approach that you mentioned earlier, starts with poetry and goes into love's going to get you. I want to retract a statement that I made in the last <laughs> podcast and I got hell for it, especially from one individual. <laughs> love's going to get you sounded amazing. Forgive me. Forgive my 37 <laughs> year old self for not appreciating that record. And, and, and huge, super stupid dope shout out to Kid Capri because I felt that he and Chris were in pocket with this one. And Chris just showed you like, you know, I never went to the Latin quarter. I, you know, I never, I never, I never went to tramps, but to watch Chris vibe to that record, even before his first verse starts, that was one of the night, that was one of the moments of showmanship tonight. And I just thought that that was amazing. And also it's funny that here we are at round 15, kind of to the point you made a moment ago, Chris is sounding clearer and sharper than he did in round one and two. Like he's, and, and I wonder if that's just endorphins of like, yo, I, uh, I'm winning. I'm, I'm competing. This is fun. This is my, this is a comeback moment, but Chris is great. 
And even Chris goes in classic KRS-One form. He even says, fuck that. Y'all running out of records. Like, he lets Kane have it. That's one of those moments where, and I, for as much as I respect Kane, I love this about Chris. Because like Michael Jordan, he's one of those guys that's just going to talk shit to you. Um, and Kane responds with what I believe is a freestyle. And it was cool. It was cool. But KRS won, which puts him on top for me, eight to seven. What do you want to say about this round? Yo, uh, I, 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 I agree wholeheartedly, man. Those, those are two classics, poetry and love's going to get you. And, you know, love's going to get you is one of, if not my favorite KRS record. I just, I love, love, love that record. Um, you know, and poetry, like I said, like, you know, kicked off criminal minded. So those two, the, the fact that he did those two is like a medley. It's crazy. First of all. Um, and I think in, in most other cases, Big Daddy doing a freestyle like that would have possibly won. But again, it shows he needs to pull these out in order to like preserve his, you know, his, his, because his catalog is just not deep enough. Um, but yeah, I gave it to Chris too. And now we're at nine, six for me, uh, eight, seven for you. But, um, but it's good. The, the gap is, is narrowing, um, you know, quickly. So next up, um, they both do freestyles. Uh, so, uh, Kara's drops a freestyle and he references Trump and Obama. Um, you know, um, Big Daddy does a freestyle, then he slides into another victory. Chris is now in fighting form. You know, he's doing acapellas. Um, he's going off the top. You can tell he's really in the zone at this point. And, you know, um, Big Daddy, you know, this is a funny line. He goes, stayed out. Of, he, he tells Chris, I stayed out of you and Shan shit and, and, and you're welcome. So, uh, brother, so you're give, welcome. Yeah. yeah so, so they're giving it to each other, you know, at this point. Um, but I thought of the two freestyles, Chris's was, was, was the stronger one. So now I got it nine, seven, uh, Kane. And how yeah, about I mean, you? this one, you know, KRS one, according to many that I've spoken to has made a lot of his albums, you know, since the mid nineties, just freestyling in the booth. And Chris has made some really great albums. You know, I think of keep right. I think of some that we've even covered in recent years on the site. Um, and this was as good of a KRS one freestyle as I can remember. I mean, again, he was just feeling himself and the smile came out and it just reminded you of the guy that, you know, was willing to go at Melly Mel, the guy who, you know, took on all of, almost all of the Juice crew to Kane's point, the guy who, you know, threw PM Don, uh, you know, off the stage, like KRS is just, this is his moment. And in round 16, I'm like, yeah, man, you, you won. And, and, and Kane, this is at a point where I'm starting to see Kane a little bit, um, you know, furrowed brow for one of the first times, I mean, I've been following Kane my whole professional career. And, you know, Kane um, even kind of snaps at Kid Capri, I believe, at one point as they kind of start getting into a little bit of a DJ battle. You know, it's interesting. But, yeah, for me, you're at 9-7 Kane. I'm at 9-7 Chris. And this is getting really interesting because this is round 16. So going into 17, the big, the big guns continue to come out. Chris, you know, brings out the bridges over a record you knew you were going to hear a record that I believe is one of the aces that, you know, in many ways is going to is going to win, you know, 
Um, but here we go. He does that and he does it, you know, cool, but in my opinion, maybe unremarkably for the moment. Um, brings out DJ Red Alert, which is, you know, great. And I, I like to see that Red Alert, as much as anybody in this culture, deserves the platform. And he had a huge hand in the Bridge Wars, um, as we all know. Oddly enough, I don't hear any re reference or mention of Marley Mall tonight. Um, did you? No, I thought that was really strange. I, I would have thought, um, well, yeah, you, you keep going, but I, I would have thought Marley would have come out with Kane's next song. Uh, and you can go into that. Yeah, so so Kane does this thing that I think is is really interesting, and he brings out Roxanne Shante. And you and I talked about this, you know, five years ago when we did the Finding the Goat videos, which Rhapsody, you know, narrated for us this particular episode. You know, BDP goes at Roxanne Shante during the Bridge Wars in a way that is, in my opinion, you know, the type of shit you could get canceled for today. Like, you know, Roxanne Shante is only good for steady. Yeah. Like that yeah. sort of thing when, you know, and I know Shantae was a, was a battler and came into the game going at a host of people, you know, UTFO and, and on down. Um, but Kane takes this moment, brings Roxanne Shantae to the stage and reminds, you know, hundreds of thousands of people tuned in that she is the godmother of the Juice crew, that without her, you don't get Shan, you don't get Kane, you don't get G-Rap. And I just thought that that was really, really interesting. And, and, and Shantae, you know, plugs her radio show on Rock the Bells, which, you know, I think we both listen to quite a bit. Um, and then Kane, as KRS has done throughout the night, goes into the symphony, um, brings out Master Ace and Craig G. And both of these performances, I thought, were, were really on par. Um, obviously, that's not everyone, you know, on the symphony. And we'll talk about that in a second. But Ace came out you know, in a very period correct kind of, you know, uh, sweatsuit. He had the bucket hat on. Ace, who is, as we've talked about on this podcast, you know, one of the artists who was great 30 years ago is, is arguably greater today. I certainly believe that. Flipped it back to his like 88 cadence. Craig G comes out. I mean, ever the showman kills his verse. It was just a, a really special moment. Before I give my score, um, talk to me about how you perceive this round. Yeah, so now this has shifted from a boxing match to a pro wrestling match to me because, mm -hmm. you know, uh, if you ever watch wrestling, they, they all kind of have the same arc where, you know, the good guy is, like, dominant for a while, and then all of a sudden the bad guy does something that's usually something dirty or someone like, you know, grabs his, his foot from the corner, he falls or a chair is involved or whatever. And all of a sudden the good guy's down and it looks like he's going to be out. And, you know, he goes to a two count like several times. And then all of a sudden he like comes back in the very end and, and wins the whole thing. You know, it's, it's starting to feel like the swings are that wild because when I heard the bridge is over, first thing I thought was, uh-oh, too many records. Like, I, I thought, okay, it's over. Like, Kane had his fun, but now Karras is in full, uh, you know, flex mode. And then he brings out cool DJ Red Alert. And that, to me, I haven't seen Red Alert in a long time. Just such a legend. It would have been the opportunity for Kane to come, to bring Marley Marl out, you know, the symphony but he didn't. And I thought that, that Chris was in top rapping form when he did it too. 
um, the symphony we've recorded, we've put it out there, we've seen it performed a number of times over the last several years. So because of that, it didn't feel as special to me. Like if, if I hadn't seen them perform it, you know, six, seven, eight times in the last few years, um, it would have been more of a moment. But for KRS-One and Cool DJ Alert to be on the same stage, that was a moment for me. And so I scored it for, for uh, KRS. So now I've got it 9-8 Kane. You know, I, I agree with everything that you said. I thought a bit more highly of the symphony part. And in a way, I was like, you know what? I'm not going to detract this, that this is only three MCs. You know, I'm, I'm not, the, the missing G-Rap is fine. It's Ace, Craig G, Kane, they did the damn thing. You know, five out of five. On top of that, I love the response. I mean, just from a tactical standpoint of you bringing out Roxanne Shantae at that point, that's not part of it, but it is part of it. Um, you know, because, you know, and she, she spit, you know, I don't even know if a whole 16 bars. You could go either way on it. I went with Kane. So we both had the same score. I'm in favor of KRS. You're in favor of Kane. In our grand score, both of us gave um, the point to the the loser in the round is that correct yeah yeah both of us gave the point to um yeah yeah so i i gotta say that this point i thought it is again where i felt like this was choreographed because you remember in the last round kane says to um to krs that he stayed out of the bridge wars you're welcome and then, you know, he brings in, then, then KRS goes and the bridge is over and like Kane brings out Shantae and goes in the symphony. So to me, it's, it's all like a very, very well orchestrated plan. And, to, and it also is now, and this is why I shifted from boxing to pro, to pro wrestling. Boxing, you know, as far as we know, is real. Pro wrestling is very scripted. So now I'm starting to think, huh, has this whole thing been scripted? Everyone thought that KRS was going to run away with this. And it starts off with Kane seemingly running away with it. And now, like, Karras is making his way, like, inch by inch, round by round. And suddenly we're neck and neck. Um, you know, and so then we go to uh, round 18. Karras does another freestyle. And this one is crazy because he's using all sorts of hooks from classic rap songs. Um, you know, and I, I don't even know if it's, it's a freestyle, but he just is making all these references to probably like 20 classic rap songs. And then he brings out uh, Buckshot, you know, formerly Buckshot Shorty from Black Moon. Um, he does How Many MCs. Surprisingly, they didn't do a joint song. It would have been the perfect opportunity, given they have, what, like two joint albums at this point? Um, I think they did one. But okay. yeah, I mean, that surprised me. I mean, Chris did live the chorus to how many MCs, which was dope. I didn't in a million years see that coming. It was a weird point in the night for that. And, and Buckshot, as many guests do on Versus, kind of uses the moment a little bit extra, in my opinion. Well, this um, is, yeah, this is another time, you know, you mentioned um, Das Effects and, you know, maybe staying a little bit past their time and getting, you know, kind of Big Brother by DJ Scratch. At this point, Buckshot, at, at the end of his uh, bit, goes over to Kane and starts doing a freestyle. And you don't know where it's going. You know, he's talking about his mom listening to Kane and stuff like that. And it's, and, and, and Kane doesn't know where it's going either. And he's, I don't know if you, you peeped it, but he was ice grilling him for a second there. And, you know, 
buckshot ends it on a respectful, like, you know, I love you. Like, you know, I, you know, I, I always admired you kind of note, but for a minute, it seemed like it was going to go left and, and Kane was, was, um, was not going to have it, but, you know, he smiled and, and dapped him up, um, you know, and then Kane brings out Eric B um, and then scrap lover. And then he does warm it up Kane. So Warm It Up Kane is like probably Kane's best performance song, in my opinion. And again, I'm thinking, okay, now he's done Warm It Up Kane. He's done the symphony. We're in round 18. What in the world is he going to do for 19 and 20? Because he's like, Raw is done. Like, you know, all of his joints are done at this point, in my opinion. So I don't really understand the strategy at this point or what's coming. Um, the interesting thing is that, you know, we talked a lot last week about Big Daddy still, still being able to do the jump and spin over uh scrap scoop and scrap and this is the song where he does that but he didn't do it this time and i was i was surprised by that but even without that um you know i thought it was still i started i thought it was still dope and, and his round and so i gave it to kane so i've got it at 10 8 at this point for kane yeah i mean to me i thought from a, a show aspect it was cool to bring out buckshot i thought the energy was really weird with that kane exchange and you know, the whole thing, I think, you know, Buckshot was walking in and out of the lighting on the stage. It was it was just bizarre. And I've seen Black Moon perform a number of shows, you know, Black or, or all of Boot Camp Click, but Black Moon, Smith & Wesson, those guys are phenomenal. Hell to Skelter, R.I.P. Sean Price. Those guys are phenomenal performers. It was a cool song to do because there's obviously, like, it's recognizable. It's not going to compete with Warm It Up, Kane, in this moment, in a KRS one moment, where all he's doing is the chorus and Buckshot is kind of stealing his spotlight and not necessarily advancing the ball. It's Kane's round. And, you know, the no jump and spin thing. Yeah. He, I mean, he's not cha-cha, um, you know, <laughs> so at that point I felt that the acrobatics, you know, you're not going to top that. Um, it got very weird after this round. And Wait, I so, that, so oh, now at this point you've got a 10, eight, I mean, I've got a 10, eight and you've got a nine, nine. I got a nine nine so tie. We're, we're, we're neck and neck. I, I've got a ten eight cane. You've got a, a nine nine tie. Okay. And I, I thought it was interesting, you know, bringing Eric B to the stage, reminding people um, that you know, sort of like him and sort of like Kane being cool with KRS and Miss Melody amid the Juice Wars. You know, Kane always had a cool relationship with Eric B and Freddie Fox and other people that were also in the 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 paid and full the Eric B and Rock Kim camp. And I thought that that was a nice moment. I think it was great to, um, you know, bring his team on stage. He mentioned his brother, little daddy Shane, who I couldn't tell. I don't think it was him in the crowd. I think he gave that to somebody while he was mentioning his brother. But then uh, Kane and, and Scratch have this weird moment. And I don't know if this is because it's the Barclays Center and they are held by certain restrictions on time. Because this show, boom, it did start right at eight o'clock which surprised me. I don't know about you, but it seemed that before the final two rounds, or at least what we expected to be the final two rounds, there was going to be a DJ battle. You have two legendary DJs on stage. Scratch goes first, does his damn thing. Kid Capri goes second. I couldn't tell what was going on with Kid Capri. It was a technical difficulty or that was just his style, but he like stopped, then kind of did it again on the other turntable. It was, it sounded great. And then Scratch pulls his sneaker off to do, you know, one of those legendary things, you know. Um, and Kane says no in the middle of it, which, 
you know, I mean, that's just a wild moment. Before we go any further, what did you perceive of that whole exchange? Yeah, I didn't know what was going on, man. Um, they had alluded to doing a DJ battle earlier and they shut it down. Um, and, you know, this time around, I, I, I think it was Scratch was playing. He was scratching a chorus and I can't remember what it was, but it was a bit of a diss. I remember that. And I think Kane was saying, nah, 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 we're not going to do that. So I think that Scratch might have been taking it to a place that Kane didn't want it to go in terms of like the diss. Yeah. And that's why he stopped it. That 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 was my read on it. But uh, but yeah, I, I, I agree. It was very, very strange and, and awkward. You know, but um, yeah, I mean, so here we go. You're at a 10, you're at 10, 8 Kane. I'm at a 9, 9 tie. Um and boom, here we go into round 19. Yeah. So round 19, um, KRS comes out with nine millimeter goes bang uh, from Criminal Minded, which is incredible. And then he's got I Yeah from his KRS One album. And then he does self-destruction. Then he has Madism and he brings out Hakeem Green from Channel Live. And so he's now dropped like four joints. Uh, and self-destruction was just a snippet. But he's got four joints, like in one, like, and, and he's been doing this throughout the night. KRS probably played twenty eight songs or so, mm -hmm. yeah, of his own. Whereas Kane probably played like fourteen, you know, because he had a, a you know a few freestyles and things like that, maybe fifteen. So you know, again, I think my my point on catalog stands. But the the, the beautiful thing about these verses is that it's about the choreography, it's about the stage show, it's about the ordering, there are a lot of things that go into whether or not you win. It's not just about the records. And Kane showed and proved. But this is where it got weird too, right? Like so the scratch thing you already said, you know, kind of changed the tone of the evening. And now, like, so Karis does his songs and then they stop. Um, they have, you know, a moment. And before they had not had done, done a ton of talking with one another, but this is their moment to really celebrate each other. Um, you know, uh, Big Daddy says to Swiss Beats, yo, Swiss, now you understand, right? This is why I, I, it had to be him. It had to be him. I think he also was mindful of the fact that people thought it should be Rakim. But he was like, no, it had to be him. This is the case. You know, when we come to do a versus, we come to do a versus. Uh, you know, so he's like, yep, making it clear. This is a battle. This is a competition. We're MCs. We're, you know, we 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 live for this. Um and so that's a great moment. They talk about how they used to back in the day, um, you know, go to shows and they would be at each other like on stage, but then like go and like, you know, have drinks afterwards. And Big Daddy jokes about drinking Heineken. Um, and Karis is like, no, nah, you was drinking Hennessy, right? And he's like, no, nah, I couldn't afford that. You had the album, I only had the single, so I was drinking Heineken. So it's a fun moment. And then he also talks about how the fact that um, Karis and, and Miss Melody helped him move out of his parents' house, you know? Um, so really, really, they have a true relationship that goes back. Um, and we're waiting now for Kane to do his song, and it just never happens. And it's round 19, so Karis does, like, four songs. Big Daddy doesn't answer. And then, um, you know, Karis does like a freestyle where he says he won, basically I'm number one and I, I won, won basically. And then they both walk off stage and that's it. 
So, you know, I gave that to KRS because Kane didn't even do a song. So my final score was 10-9. But it just ended on a really weird note. It wasn't due to any Barclays curfew or anything like that because it's now like, you know, 1130 and that's the Barclays curfew. This ended it like right now, right now. Yeah. Yeah. This ended at like 10. So there was no curfew involved. I don't know if, um, you know, but it it was strange. It was really, really weird the way it ended. Um, So I don't know. Yeah. I mean, I I see this as a pivotal moment, actually. So when round 19 begins, KRS, you know, comes out, does nine millimeter, goes bang. He does. Yeah. Parts of self-destruction. And then there's this break where he's conjuring channel live to the stage. He says it, the beat starts, then he stops and tells the crowd and begins this, you know, thing on why he is the best. And he even says like, cool G rap declined to be here. You know, he goes down a list. He doesn't, he, who did he mention? Um, He mentions a number of MCs from that 88, 89 thing. And KRS is beginning to kind of declare victory. And it's wild because this is, this is round nine, 19. And, I think we all thought we were going to get 20 rounds. And in the midst of that, Kane comes out to the stage and does that moment that you just described, which creates this element of, of mutual respect and thanks Swizz and shouts out other people. Um, and again, I, I looked at this as a moment of Kane kind of pulling things back. And KRS spits, you know, I'm coming into this with, um, you know, a 9-9 tie. And KRS really didn't, you know, I ultimately go with Kane on this one because Chris goes off. He declares himself the victor, the victor when he leaves the stage. And at one point, I'm waiting for Kane to come out. But as you, as you just said, it ended on a whimper. And I'm like, Chris, if that's the best you've got, and this round, I don't know that that's, that's worthy. And there's people out here that may strongly disagree and say by Kane not coming out, he didn't. But I don't give, I don't give Chris a point for that. So, so you, gets, you, give, you give Kane a point and he didn't even rap? Like, I mean. It didn't, it didn't even seem like it was his to end. You know, I'll be really curious about this one. Um, it just abruptly ended. And I'm like, after all that grandstanding, Hakeem Green comes out. They're talking about Ross Baraka. They're grandstanding about what's going on in Newark. And the night ends. And I'm like, that, that can't be how this, how this goes. So if it's a tie going into that round, and I'm not moved by that round from Chris, what do I do? Either it ends in a tie or I give it to Kane. What do you do? In, in that well, situation? I mean, I gave it to Kane because I had Kane up already. 10 8 yeah. and and so and then so Karras gets that point uh i think if i'm you then either it ends in a tie or it's got to go to Karras because Kane didn't rap on that round so okay i mean that you make a valid point i i thought that that chris prematurely declared himself the victor again because this is round 19 and maybe and these guys count some of these medleys some of the different moments I, this one, you know, we've seen that before at times where it gets a little murky. This seemed like round for round, summer medleys. Then I'll, 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 I'll reword it then, man. I'll say that it ends in a tie. And that is not at all how I expected this to go. That's a cop out, man. 
Can't win with you, man. <laughs> you just scared. You scared. You scared of the comments, man. You gotta. You gotta. <laughs> I'm scared of nothing but death in the IRS, man. It's Yo, um, I love KRS. You know, I told people last week that um, you know, Big Teddy, Big Daddy Kane was my, uh, I think, second favorite and my third uh, favorite MC. Like, um, you know, in time, like not meaning like he's number three, but. I've had a bunch of favorite MCs in my time. So, um, you know, I, I would have been rooting for Kane because Kane is, is that guy, but I never in a million years thought he could win because of the catalog. Yeah. Um, and I think he did it on, on performance and guile, you know, um, but in the end, and this is not a cop out, this was a great moment for hip hop. Yeah. I think it's amazing for Swizz and Timberland to celebrate legends from the 80s and not just do you know 90s and beyond because i think a lot of times even though these guys were the people who built hip-hop they get left out of the discussion they get left out of the lucrative things like this you know kane mentioned that they were going to be going on tour and that everyone who was on stage tonight was going to be joining that tour so this is going to be the beginning of each of each of them getting a check and like fat joe says yesterday's price is not today's price but i do think that um it would have benefited from a stronger ending. I think that it was anticlimactic and um, um, definitely didn't end the night and, and on the strong note that it could have, you know? So. I'll be curious to see why that happened. And I agree. Uh, in a way, I, I wish that it would have ended at round 18 or 17, which is not what anyone expects. Um, you know, to me, I, I predicted Kane winning this battle for the reasons that we've stated but I didn't, I, I knew that it would be close. I didn't know that it would be this close where there would be lead changes throughout the night. I see your point from a scoring standpoint. I can't give, I can't grade the round and I don't know what happened as far you as can. you're just choosing not to man. Listen, did you, uh, would you put Chris's round 19 performance in his top third of the night? Um, no, but again, Kane didn't rhyme, so it's almost like a forfeit of the round, you know? Yeah, but that just feels a whole lot differently if KRS goes out there and just, you know, sets it off, you know, even, pun intended. Like, if he does that and he finishes with an exclamation point. He did nine millimeter. He brings out Hakeem Green. I mean, self-destruction, if he had done, like, a verse from that, uh, or had a couple MC like it was a it was a solid round for him. He did four songs. Yeah, I, I think things got a little bit a little bit lost in the light towards that, and I I'll be really curious why Kane didn't come out. I'll, I'll go tie. I'll cop out. You know, and, and the last time that I remember something this close was you know Premier and RZA, which was in the infancy of you know versus when there was a lot of technical difficulties and no live audience. Um, and, and you know what? This was a good one. It should have ended on a much higher note. Um, and I love, again, you know, to me, the fact that Kane comes out and acknowledges Biz. Kane takes that moment for Roxanne Chante. And just when things seem a little bit chippy, Kane comes out and honors the moment. And I don't look at that as, um, you know, him doing anything for his own legacy. You know, like he wasn't. He wasn't showing face amid a blowout. 
this was a really close battle. And I think Chris, in many ways, had some highlight, you know, that that part where Chris did step into a world that I don't know if Kane can compete with that, you know, tonight. But it was it was a great versus. And I hope we see more of these opportunities to your point of giving the stage to guys that deserved more than the accolades they got in their time. Yeah, for sure. I want to see LL. I, I think LL versus Run DMC or something like that would be super dope. Um, Dre, maybe. Dre? LL versus Dre. Imagine that. Yeah. I, th- I do think Dre and Puff got to do it, but... Um, yeah, I get you. I don't know. I don't know what song... I don't know what song Kane had left. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know what he could have done. He'd done all of his, his big joints. Um I'm surprised he didn't do it. You're right. I mean, he doesn't have a, a, a top five joint that he didn't do. I was surprised he didn't do show and prove. You know, he didn't move into his last two albums. Yeah. Um, you know, and again, we didn't get Jay-Z, which was something I speculated might happen, especially at Barkley, especially with Swizz and Timberland involved. Um, but you know, it was it was great. It was great. You have a highlight moment from the night. I just said, you know, even though you know, I may be perceived as a hater on how I grade round 19 and I'm not. Um, my highlight moment was Chris coming out to step into a world. Yeah. Round 12, that whole round 12, man. Um, Chris won't step into a world and then came with wrath of Kane. That was, that was it, man. And the B boys, you know, the, 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 the breaking session, that was, that whole round was not just a highlight for me for tonight, but a highlight for verses. You know, that was to me, the purest expression of hip hop we've seen on one of these versus stages. So that was it. Let me put one more question to you. Does, you know, I, I truly believe the locks versus Dipset shaped history. I think that that was a moment that, you know, if you were to give the locks one paragraph Wikipedia entry, and they'll obviously have way more than that. That is a, that is a hallmark moment of their career. Is there a definitive takeaway of tonight? You know, as somebody, and I asked this to you, as somebody who lived through it, um, you know, on the first run, you know, of 88, do you see tonight in any way, shape, or form touching history? I don't know that it touches history, but I will say that for me, it should make it clear in everyone's mind that these MCs are still incredibly relevant, incredibly um, in shape. You know, a lot of times you'll see legacy artists and they're, they're past their prime. You know, it's, it's almost like a charitable thing. These guys got a lot more to give, man. I mean, Kane looked absolutely great, like in all respects. KRS did too, you know. Uh, so I think these dudes are still doing it at a high level and um, it should encourage people to go out and, and check them out. I don't think seeing them now is going to be in any way um, diminished from what, what you saw in the 90s or, or 80s. And so I think that that was it. I think it, it let people know these guys are still here. Yeah, these are two of the best hip-hop shows you can see. I mean, KRS-One continues to put out albums. My hope is that a moment like this brings more attention because as you and I have talked about, even in the last three or four years, you know, Chris's new songs, new albums are dope. And with some of that new material we heard from Kane tonight, I would love to see... Uh, a proper a proper album you know you think of um what mcs are capable of and the way that streaming works and the way that all of this like i, I would love just Kane to have um 
that that kind of moment, that kind of declaration. So, or well, yo, uh, if things go right, next episode we're gonna have a very special guest. I know we've been saying that, teasing it for a while, uh, but I think it's gonna happen this time. And uh, when it happens, it's gonna be a great one. So, absolutely, man. Well, you know, even though it's a special episode, we got a part. What's your song of the week, man? Man, song of the week, I will say, is Stressed. Uh, Young Thug has a new album called Punk, uh, and I, I like it a lot. Um, and that one features J. Cole. You know, J. Cole is still doing his features round and smashes his verse, and a really dope song. How about you? Yeah, man, I sent it to you yesterday. I want to give a, a shout-out to Guilty Simpson and Ginsu Dean. I, um, I've been a fan of Guilty since he signed the Stone's Throw, and, and you know I knew that Dilla was working with him in Black Milk. Um, but I love to see an MC that, that you know has been around, been doing it, but make a really good body of work. They put out a collaborative project called Ego, and they put out a joint I really like called Right Mind with a guest MC, uh, Yarbrough. And that's been in heavy rotation through the weekend for me. So I'll acknowledge that one. Word. All right, man. Well, until we meet again. Hey, we will soon. All right. Thanks, everybody. All right. Peace. Peace.